You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, despite retiring, Mega Rapino can't seem to keep her name out of the headlines. Of course per usual, for the worst reasons ever, this time calling playing for the United States the worst job in the world. Oh, we're going to get into that. Plus, we have an awesome conversation coming up with a woman who has earned so much respect from me. You might know her. You might know her husband. All that coming up and so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Outkick the Morning. Charlie Arnold here. Thank you for being with me on this Friday. Oh, we've made it. I talk every day. You know, I'm like, we are one step closer, one step closer. We are here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We are almost ready to get full force into the weekend. Uh, But before we do, I have some things that I need to talk about, as I always do. Uh, You all know how much I hate talking about Megan Rapinoe. I swear, every time that I have to utter her name, I tell myself it's the last. She makes me cringe. She makes my skin crawl. All of you probably feel the same way. Um, There's nothing positive that comes out of her mouth, uh, which is why we probably all feel such disgust towards Megan Rapinoe. Uh, But this might just take the cake. So she retired. We thought maybe she would fade into the background, right? Go about her business, live her life, not make the rest of us talk about her anymore. But uh, uh, apparently that's not the case. Uh, Now she is coming out in saying that playing for the United States is the, quote, worst job in the world. And she's saying this because of the criticism she garnered, which obviously she brought on herself by doing all of the horrible things that she did over the course of her career. Uh, One being uh, that she felt super compelled to kneel for the national anthem and not show her pride for the United States, uh, despite having the platform and representing the country in a way that very few people on earth get the ability to do. Uh, Listen, she's a leftist. We all know this. Uh, She is fully on board with biological men playing in women's sports. Uh, That's another thing that she was getting criticism for, which again, she should, because as a woman, she should realize that if she did allow biological men to play in soccer, let's just say, uh, her success probably wouldn't have been even close to what it ended up being. Uh, Because as we know, I'm going to say it time and time again, Men, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. Women, as great of athletes as they can possibly be, they just do not add up to what men are capable of. Uh, But obviously, as a Democrat, uh, as an elite leftist, Megan Rapinoe feels the need to play the victim card, as they all do. Uh, I just can't get behind this. Playing for the United States is the worst job in the world. So let's just lay this out. Megan Rapinoe is a professional athlete probably the coolest job in the world. You get paid to live out your passion. Literally the thing that you started doing when you were a child, the thing that you would go out to recess to do, right? You are now getting to do throughout your life and now getting paid a ton of money to do it. Okay. That doesn't sound like work to me. That sounds like you just get to get paid to fulfill your hobby. 
Uh, you get to stay in shape. You get to meet the coolest people in the world. You get to travel all around the world. You have access to the greatest resources that all of us could even dream of having access to. Uh, yet you're calling this the worst job in the world because you have to represent the United States, which, by the way, is the most toler tolerant country on earth. Uh, we have the most freedoms. We have the most liberties. Any immigrant that would come over to this country would be very thankful to be in the position that they're now in uh, versus living uh, where they fled so, so, you know, vastly from. It's just, none of this adds up to me. But but for Megan Rapino to say this does not really confuse me. Uh, all she likes to do is whine and complain. And I feel like she's teaching a horrible lesson to young girls. Uh, not that she already hasn't been doing that by saying bi biological men belong in women's sports. Uh, but obviously, to be in this position of power, to have this influence and use it uh, for, for really nothing, uh, to not have the proper influence that you would want, I, I just can't get behind this. Um, I hope this is the last time that I have to talk about Megan Rapinoe. And maybe, maybe now that she's out of her soccer job, maybe she should try to go fulfill another job. Maybe she should go work as a janitor somewhere where she has to clean up after everybody. And that's what she spends her days doing. I mean, thank goodness for the janitors out there. Uh, we wouldn't be able to get by without them. But I'm just saying, to say being a professional athlete is the worst job in the world because you have to play for the United States is just dumb. It's moronic. And... um really just shows what a horrible and terrible person that Megan Rapino really is. So uh, hopefully the last time I have to talk about Megan Rapino for at least a while, although I'm sure I am going to be sorely incorrect about that because she's going to find another way, as we know she always does, to keep her name in the headlines and stay relevant in the worst ways possible. Okay, now that we have uh, dove into that topics, I unfortunately don't have... Uh, more good news. I, I actually have more bad news for everybody um, because... The left, as we know, uh, they're delusional. Uh, they feel like the things that they say are appropriate. But if the opposite were to occur to them, no way. Never would it fly. Well, listen what happened in Boston. The mayor, her name is Michelle Wu, she sent out an email mistakenly to also include the white people that she works with, uh, inviting people to a holiday party. But the only people that were invited were the electeds of color. She's calling this an honest mistake. Um, she's now saying that, you know, every member received it mistakenly. Uh, it was only meant to go out to those minority workers in the city. And that now that she has admitted it was a mistake, that she's had individual conversations with everyone so people can understand that it was truly just an honest mistake when it went into typing the email field. Uh, to which I say, how is this okay? Can you imagine, just imagine a world in which there was a mayor of Boston who, not Michelle Wu, of course, but let's just say it was a white person. And they sent out an email saying, hey, this is only for electeds of Caucasian descent or for white workers in the city of Boston and minority workers were to mistakenly haven't received this email. What do you think would happen? There would be the biggest eruption of anger. I mean, this mayor, I guarantee you, would be forced to step down immediately. No questions asked. It would be done. This person's political career would be over because the left would demand that it be over. Now, I know that people are upset 
Uh, but the thing about conservatives, and I think we'll get into this later in the show, I have a great example for it, is conservatives aren't canceling people, they don't make their business, right? They like to take a stand. They like to voice their opinion, but they're, but they're not here to cancel everybody like the left is here to do left and right, no pun intended. Uh, but let's look at Michelle Wu because uh, there's so much hypocrisy here. Do you know she has a white husband? Michelle Wu is is married to a white man. Um, I have to imagine this is a very submissive husband that she has. Uh, because it, I know if I were a, a white man married to her and then found out that she had sent an email out saying that only electeds of color were invited to the holiday party, I would take very, very extreme offense to that. But he he probably already knows that she's racist. So maybe this doesn't even strike him as interesting in the least. Uh, but there's one thing. Uh, she has a white husband. And also, I just want to point out that Michelle Wu went to Harvard, which makes total sense, right? She went to the most elitist of the universities in our country that we're now finding are totally cool uh, with being anti-Semitic, racist, all of the things. Uh, as long as you are siding with the liberals and putting out their opinions, I guess that it has been deemed to be okay. So that's what's happening in Boston. Apparently the party is still taking place. Maybe it already took place, uh, but no white people allowed. So um, if you're white and working in Boston, uh, sorry for you. You will have to make other plans, and I would encourage you to probably move to another city immediately because no chance that anything like this should be flying. Uh, now, speaking of the derangement of the left, oh, we're on a roll here, aren't we? This is our third story in a roll on the same subject. Southwest Airlines is now praising, now being praised for their policy that allows customers of size, customers of size is what they're calling them, and really we're just talking about morbidly obese people, uh, to purchase one seat and get one free. So what they're saying is basically, hey, if you are overweight, it's not your fault that you can't fit into one seat and you shouldn't be punished for that. So what we're going to do is if you bring it to our attention, you know, on the front end, let's say you buy two seats, we will reimburse you for one seat uh, so that, you know, we don't want to financially put you out in any way, shape or form. So buy two seats, we'll reimburse you for one. Or if you forgot to buy two seats, once you board the plane, we'll just make the person who maybe should have been sitting next to you or the person who was supposed to have a, a seat on the plane will either move them or or they just won't get to fly uh, because being fat now is a privilege in this in this nation. And uh, we're going to punish the people that take care of their body. So that's what's happening on Southwest. And obviously there's influencers. We showed you a video of one of the fat influencers the other way, uh, other day who was talking about how airlines need to accommodate those who are obese. And now she's getting her wish. And um, she was very happy about this. And um, I, I just can't imagine, I just can't imagine how this is going to go over. Uh, I think that it's horrible that if you are out of shape and not taking care of yourself, that you are getting advantages and privileges and you're getting a buy one, get one seat. Uh, but of course, this shouldn't strike anyone as crazy because this is just one more piece of evidence uh, how the left's ideology and the things that they preach and believe in are really taking over this nation. Uh, something needs to change and needs to change soon. Uh, but as long as Joe Biden is the president, uh, despite being senile, I don't see anything changing. Okay, and now someone to weigh in on this topic. And believe it or not, everybody, you will be shocked. Her name is Ingrid Rink. Uh, she is a health coach. She's a personal trainer. She's also married to someone that if you're a fan of pro wrestling or Fox News, two things that 
seemingly wouldn't go hand in hand. Uh, you're definitely familiar with Tyrus, who is her husband. Uh, so Ingrid, welcome to the show. And what I was going to say to everybody is they would be shocked to know because you are so beautiful. You're in such good shape that at one point in your life, you were obese, which I can't even wrap my head around, but you were, you were upwards of 200 pounds, correct? I was well over 200 pounds. As my famous husband, Tyrus, would say, I was a biscuit away from 300 pounds. <laughs> and oh, nice. Classified as obese and morbidly obese and definitely was getting worse every year that I got older. But I made a change. I made it naturally and I made a whole business out of it. Okay, so I want to get into that whole story because that is fascinating to me uh, just because when I look at you I can't even envision a 300 pound version of you uh, but first and foremost uh, I just got done talking about Southwest and how they have this policy now where if you are a very obese person probably similar to the size that you were earlier on in life you know obviously we know that it's hard for people that are extremely overweight to fit into an airline seat do I feel bad for them Unfortunately, I don't in most situations because I think weight oftentimes, not always, is under a person's control. So just because you lack discipline and don't embody a healthy lifestyle, I don't feel like everyone else should be bending over backwards to accommodate you. But anyway, Southwest, obviously now they are feeling like they do need to put these obese people in a protected class of their own, which by the way, Colorado becoming the first state to shame what they're calling fat phobia making being obese uh, a privileged, protected class. But anyway, so Southwest wanting to say now, hey, if you don't fit in the one seat, you can come up to us and we will give you a second seat for free, which then obviously displaces other paying customers who now no longer maybe have a seat on that plane. What are your thoughts surrounding companies and corporations now giving these advantages to people who... Who, who lack the discipline and and just for that reason uh, are treated differently than someone who does take good care of themselves. Right. Obviously, there's going to be pros and cons to everything. I mean, the pro for everyone is that they're not overlapping onto my seat anymore. What just happened? I'm not trapped where I can't go to the bathroom or escape if there's an emergency. You know, so that is a pro for me. What is unfair is that we work really hard to pay for our seats and they're getting an extra seat. I, I know this sounds a little classist, but I fly first class and I have seen many instances where the seat next to me is open. And if someone's too large in the back, they get upgraded to first class. So now not only have they gotten a free seat, which I had to pay full price for, but I am now trapped in my seat because they don't want to get up. It's uncomfortable for them to get up. They're pulling on the seat in front of them. And so, there's going to be pros and cons to the whole situation. I'm not completely opposed to them giving this extra seat if it makes the people around them more comfortable. So for me, it's not so much helping the person who, like you said, can help themselves and isn't. It's making it more comfortable for everyone on the plane. Uh, now, Ingrid, I want to get back to your story because, you know, it, it's it's easy for me to say, oh, I don't think people should be treated this way. I've only lived one way my whole life, and that is a very extremely healthy way. Uh, I myself also am a personal trainer. Um, I mostly just use that knowledge to help myself, but fitness is one of my passions. I also eat very healthy. Um, I'm always looking at all the new alternative ways to better myself as well, not just the mainstream ones. 
but you, you can look at things from both perspectives. I mean, you're obviously in fantastic shape now and, and you put your life towards helping other people to get in that same shape, but getting back to your obese days, I mean, what was that like? And you said it was just about making these changes every single day and committing to them. Tell me about those. Right. Well, obesity is a spectrum, right? There's going to be people who are obese for lots of different reasons. I personally was someone who was very fit, but also 275 pounds. I taught three and four workout classes a day, yet would go home and gorge myself on food at the end of the day for mental health problems, depression, anxiety. It really, that fullness, that feeling calms you when you're in a state of hyperness and in stress. And so everyone's going to be different in their obesity journey. But for me, it wasn't that I was necessarily gorging myself on unhealthy foods. In fact, because I had the knowledge of how to eat and what to eat, and I was being trained by many of my different certifications that you can eat whatever you want, as long as it's healthy, you can eat as much as you want. There was no limitations on portion control. If it's a granola bar, if it's broccoli, if it's chicken, eat as much as you want. Mm -hmm. That sounds great because no one really ever got fat eating broccoli. But what I heard is as long as it's healthy, I can eat as much as I want. And so a box of cereal, a granola bar, you know, steak, whatever, I literally did sit there and eat and eat and eat until I had that full feeling. And so on one shoulder, I had telling myself, well, I work out, I eat healthy, I'm not eating Reese's peanut butter cups and all of that, you know, but on the other shoulder, it was like, okay, but... <laughs> You're having all these struggles and these problems. And so that was kind of my um, obesity journey is that I wasn't necessarily what you think of as lazy or just drinking soda pop all the time. I never drank regular Coca-Colas or anything. And so um, you definitely have a, a very wide spectrum of people who are obese and the reasons they got there and the ways that they need to fix it are also always going to be different. There is no one size fits all. And I, I think that there's so many different ideas of, of what getting healthy looks like. And I know that this is something you, you widely preach. Uh, there's so many different avenues you can go down, right? Like you could do CrossFit, you could do weightlifting, you could do yoga, you can do Pilates, you can you be a runner, you could be a swimmer. What in your opinion uh, is the best way for someone to be in the best shape? Not, not just physically, because physical is part of it, right? I mean, you want to look good, but also there's like the mental aspect of it. There's the idea of incorporating uh, the different functions of your nervous system. What do you normally push people to do uh, if they want to feel the best and look the best? Right. Well, after years of using myself as a guinea pig and tens of thousands of women that I've trained, I really found that for women in general, the harder you push yourself, the harder you work out, the heavier you lift, the more intensity that you do, you're going to be hungry your body is going to be in a state of fight or flight. You are overstressed. Your hormones are out of whack. And so you're really working against yourself. And yeah. so, yeah, there's going to be a handful of women who go and do the CrossFit. It's fine. You feel good. You're pumped up. You get that high. But what is it doing to your body long-term? <laughs> so I'm laughing because I used to be that person and now I'm not anymore. So I'll tell you about that after. No, absolutely. Kickboxingism. I felt like a bad ass after a kickboxing class, but what was it doing to my adrenals? You know, what was it doing to like myself? I would leave there and be starving, 
agitated, pissed off at the world. Like that is not necessarily what your body needs to, to function correctly. Your body cannot live in a state of uh, fight and stress. You need to come down and have that stability in your life. And so swimming, yoga, Pilates, dance, I mean, even other martial art forms, karate, like Muay Thai, those are things that are really going to be more beneficial for you living in a state of stability as opposed to like highs and lows. And, you know, it's, it's, it's short-term, but it's also long-term. I also, I, I need to, the things that you're saying, I need to take note because while I, I keep saying, oh, I eat so healthy, I also would be remiss if I didn't admit to you and everybody else that right now I am like addicted to chocolate fully uh, because it's everywhere. It's the holiday season. So everyone has like their little goodies out. And like, I find myself craving chocolate now and I eat it because it's at work. I, I can't even, di- I don't have enough discipline. I'll eat like a mini chocolate bar at like 6.30 in the morning. So I need to, I need to kick this habit that I'm like this, I'm, I'm going down this horrible rabbit hole of, of chocolate addiction. Um, but also, uh, you know, it's not just about your body. It's, it's about preserving yourself and, and staying young and, and looking younger, longer. I mean, I saw your TikTok, Ingrid, where you were talking about the cellular level that you're on. And even just looking at you, you compared yourself now, which how old are you now? About 43 almost. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Never in my life would I have guessed, but um, you had put that on your, in your, on your TikTok. Then you compared a picture to when you were 27 and you look leaps and bounds younger now versus then. Well, thank you. No, actually, let me tell you, you were just comparing yourself to the holiday season. I have been traveling for the last couple of weeks. So no matter how good you try to be when you travel, it's not home cooking. It's not fresh. It has you know, preservatives, no matter what you tell them, no butter, they put the butter on there. So with travel, not sleeping, not doing my regular exercise, I notice a difference in just my appearance, not just the way I feel, but my appearance. So at the moment, I see a difference. Well, you still, you're still what many of us strive for. So there's something to be said about that. But it really does show you. And it makes me feel so good about what I'm teaching to my clients and preaching is that you really can change how you look and how you feel by the way you move and by what you eat pretty quickly, like your body regenerates pretty quickly. And so doing something good or bad is going to change you within a matter of a week or two. And so it's not something that people have to be afraid of change and think that it's going to take forever. You know, I mean, every single day that you make that change and you make better food choices or you start moving your body in a positive way, you're going to see a positive outcome. Yeah, totally agree. And I think people are realizing that more and more. Um, There's not a one size fits all solution for everybody, but as long as you're moving your body, uh, putting in nutritionally dense things into your body uh, to a certain extent, right? You know, ultimately it's calories in versus calories out. Uh, you will get the results that you want. Uh, and especially something to remind ourselves uh, when there is the bowls of chocolates and all the sweets laying around this holiday season, although this is the time to indulge. So, you know what? We can let ourselves go just a little bit extra than we normally would. Um, Ingrid, thank you so much for your time. You were so interesting and... um. I'm happy you were to weigh in on, you know, the topics that also we're, we're talking about that are going on in the country right now, not just uh, in terms of what you've been focusing on for the past few years, but uh, I'm really grateful to have met you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh, Okay, a big thank you once again to Ingrid as now I get to my final story of the day. And like, you know what, guys, let's just continue down the road that we're on talking about how crazy the left is because the stories just keep on coming. I don't look for them. They just present themselves to me as they do to you, I'm sure. Uh, So let's just keep going down this path because Dylan Mulvaney was on Penn State's campus the other day uh, to make an appearance. And let's just say she did not get much of a turnout. Watch this. It's a she they outfit of the day. I'm Dylan Mulvaney. I'm at Penn State. Go Lions! And for our outfit, we've got um, we've got a bandeau that says State. What's the brand that we've loved? That's it's like cute stuff here. Hype and Vice. Hype and Vice. And then the jacket. And then we've got skirts Aritzia. Shoes are Jeffrey Campbell. Hair is fake. And I did my own makeup in the car. Okay, I love you. Bye. Okay, so obviously, you can see there was maybe, we'll say 15, I might even be being generous with that number, uh, people that were there to see her speak. I don't even know why she was there or what she spoke about, Uh, but they were there to, whatever, show her support. Uh, Anyways, let's let's compare and contrast uh, to when Riley Gaines was on Penn State's campus back in October, and she drew about 150 supporters. But- The thing that I want to focus on isn't the supporters uh, as much as it is the protesters, because there were no protesters, as you could see, for Dylan Mulvaney, because conservatives, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, and I said I would come back full circle to this, conservatives, although, let's be very honest, they're in extreme disagreement as to the sick ideology that Dylan Mulvaney is pushing, conservatives, they have some class, and they don't treat others who have different opinions with extreme disrespect just because they can. But meanwhile, Riley Gaines was subject, as she always is, to cruel and destructive behavior by the liberals, including getting death threats by these protesters. Take a look at this. You're anti-trans, you're a piece of Hey, I love women, I protect women. You! I love you too, bro. Well, I, I don't love you, all right? Hope you die. All right, so very easy to see the difference in environments. Uh, One definitely had more of a tense undertone, that being for Riley Gaines, while Dylan Mulvaney, free to come on campus, no disruptions at all. Also, though, might I add, not so much praise as well either, despite her having millions of followers on TikTok and being part of, it feels like every brand deal these days. Uh, But let's get back to the conversation I was just having. Something about the left. Uh, That's not easy to go unnoticed. They will kick and scream and they will spit in your face until they get their way. Uh, They don't know anything about civility or the concept of a healthy conversation or debate. And instead, immediately they will turn to bullying. They will turn to violence to prove their points. In this past week alone, I wanna share a couple of anecdotes that I have. Okay, one, Saturday night, I was attending the New York Young Republicans Club Gala. 
Uh, this was in downtown New York City. And obviously, I was all dressed up. I had a gown on. So it was very evident that I was heading into this event. Outside the event, tons of protesters, all liberals, of course, shouting just stupid, nonsensical things uh, in order to get attention. No one really cared. Uh, they probably realized no one was paying any attention to them. Anyways, I was making my way through the crowd, minding my business as I do. I wasn't saying a word to them, didn't acknowledge, just trying to beeline to the event. Well, there was a protester walking opposite of me and intentionally they bumped into me, like made my body twist. And I was wearing heels. Like I could have easily fallen down. Thank God I was able to keep my balance. But it was just so unnecessary. I And I didn't say anything. I didn't acknowledge. But this is just an example how liberals will treat you knowing that you have a different opinion, which is not cool. I mean, this is the most extreme form of bullying. And I'm sure if I was to do it back to them, could you imagine the commotion it would cause? That's one thing that happened to me. Then two days ago, I was sitting outside Madison Square Park, also in New York City. I was sitting, having some coffee. It was cold out, but I was enjoying the little bit of sunlight I could get sitting there, minding my own business. I was on the phone with my mother. I'm on the phone. It's very easy to see when someone's on the phone. That usually means you don't disrupt them, right? Anyways, some man comes up to me, walks right up to me. He's within probably eight inches of my chair and starts talking to me about his petition. His petition was in relation to BLM. He wanted me to sign a BLM petition. First of all, I'm on the phone. So I'm not in any position to have a conversation with you. I don't care what kind of petition you're trying to push my way. But obviously, knowing it was BLM, I, I had no desire to listen anymore regardless. But that's besides the point. I, I simply said, no, thank you. And that was it. And I went back to my conversation. I, I didn't engage any further. Well, he was so offended that I didn't give him the time of day. Although, again, I said, no, thank you. I wasn't even rude. And that he he started going off on me. He called me a bum ass N-word, which I don't know why that was an appropriate thing to say. Uh, that's something that, again, if anyone else were to say, can you even imagine? It was It was horrible to even hear come out of his mouth. And then he said, I don't know why you think you're so you're too good for everybody else. And I'm like, I'm sorry, did I miss something? I'm on the phone right now, minding my own business, enjoying my coffee outside. Why do you think you can come up to me and start talking about your petition and then just expect me to sign it and drop everything that I'm doing? This is just so ridiculous. Uh, but again, not surprising. Okay, everybody, that's all I've got. Wow, five days, we made it. Thank goodness. Time for the weekend. Yes. Uh, I want to remind all of you. Actually, I don't even think I need to remind you. I think I need to tell you uh, that we are going off YouTube in a couple of weeks. We will not be uh, broadcasting live, at least, anymore on YouTube. We'll be putting our shows up here after the fact. Uh, but I want to encourage all of you, just put this in your back pocket for a few weeks from now. Uh, the place to catch all the shows live will be outkick.com backslash, backslash watch. Uh, and that's where you can catch me live at 8 a.m. So anyways, everybody, uh, that's it. Have a great weekend. Make sure you're following me on social media at Charlie on TV to see what I'm up to. Maybe I'll have some little thoughts that I want to drop into the universe. And uh, until then, have a fantastic weekend. And I will see you Monday.